Awesome. Well, I am thrilled to be here. I am amazed and uh, all of the things, all the things you can think of about excitement and wonder, uh, that is me today because your pastors, okay, so let me just talk about my friends here. Pastor Craig and Ellen, you guys are a blessed bunch. They love you. They love you fiercely. They talk about you. They hold you up, and they love you. They will live out their lives showing you day every day. And they're really great to me because they prop me up all the time. I I keep telling, they're like, oh, you're this and you're that. I'm like, really? Where have you been? Like, are you talking about me? Anyways. I, I adore them. We love praying together. We uh, work together uh, in 24-7 prayer. And uh, so that's part of my joy and honor. But it is also my pleasure to see some friends here that I know and uh, also have had a few moments with. But I just appreciate the warm welcome. And uh, I'm just really grateful. I am hoping that the Lord will bless you this morning. Uh, I'm not a preacher, just FYI. I'm an accountant, okay? So uh, this this is what I uh, would want you to know about me right off the top. But what I have been praying is that the same things that the Lord has been teaching me as I've been studying this section, that he would... Um, open up your minds and hearts to what he has just for you today. So um, in that vein, I am going to try to uh, go with uh, the book of Colossians. You guys have been working on a a theme of work, as I understand it. So I'm going to get you to um, go to Colossians 4 as I'm going to try to help you kind of wrap up a little bit about uh, this book. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Colossians 4, 1 to 9, and then a little bit of 12 and 13. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Oh, and now comes the names. Uh, Titicus will tell you all about my activities He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. 
I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he might encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place. And then jumping down to verse 12. A preface who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God, for I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you. This is the word of the Lord. I'm just going to pause and pray for a minute. Come, Holy Spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God. Father, if anybody has need of you today, will they reach out and touch you? Bring healing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's get into it. Who's got next? Anybody play basketball, a little pickup ball? Uh, you know, you head to the court. Perfect. So I'm sure you've heard this term before. In basketball, when you show up at an outdoor court or, you know, a little bit at the rec center or, you know, at the gym, and you have the opportunity to... Uh, play, play some ball, but it's not organized, you say, who's got next? And if you've got that next level confidence, you come in with a little bit of swagger. You come in, gym bag slinged over your shoulder, you got the plastic Adidas shoes, you know, or the Crocs, and you walk in with your socks and it has, the bag has to look a little roughed up so that everybody knows that you play a little bit, right? So, but then you say, oh, I got next, right? So this is, this is the kind of thing that I want us to question today. Do you got next? I laugh a little bit about this because my boyfriend's in Chicago and he runs his, uh, helps run his men's ministry, and they have a basketball um, league as part of the ministry. And if you see it, every Saturday, these men come in, okay, and I'm old, so he's old, and so they're all about his, our age, and they come in, and I feel like they all think they just missed the NBA just by this much. Um, so they come in, and they just kind of roll up. And my niece and I were there, and they, you know, pull out the shoes. The shoes that don't touch the ground, of course, right? They can't touch any ground. has very few fingerprints on it. And if you're watching real closely, there's a beam of light that f shines onto the shoes. And there's this, oh! And then they put them down, put them on, and then they're ready to play. I laugh at that because I... Imagine it happening over and over, just playing in their mind, because they are ready, and they want you to know, I come to represent. Um, 
Pastor Craig and you all have been on this journey, and I think of Colossians as a real letter. Um, it spoke, it's, it's about Christ uh, speaking about the work that he's doing in you and the work that he can do through you. As I read this letter, the last part of this letter, it really sounded like a letter to me. You know, and I'm going to translate it into how I would have read it. It was like, girl, I'm sending you Kim and Patrice. They're going to tell you everything that I've been up to, um, but pray for me. Pray for me. There is a lot going on up in here. I'm good, though. I'm good because I got some of my best friends with me. We're doing amazing stuff. You will not believe it when you hear. It reads like a letter uh, of a person that is sending it to somebody that they really know, that they care about, and that cares about them. So there's some intimacy as you read this letter. I love this letter because it's a doing letter. Yay, doing, not wait upon the Lord. Be still and nope, nope, that's not what we're doing here. This is a doing letter. He says stuff like um, treat, know, continue, pray, walk. But that's not all. This letter has other grace-giving, fruit-producing elements like justice, fairly, steadfastness, watchful, maturing, faithful. The theme of work um, that you've been focused on caused me to think of a couple of questions that I want us to look at today or keep in the back of my mind. In this chapter, what specific types of work is he talking about? And what specific ways of working is he talking about? I want to um, kind of find the, the answers to those with two kind of ideas. One is ambassadorship, and the other one is assignment. Ambassadorship and assignment. Let's start with ambassador. Being an ambassador, what does that mean? Let's go with kind of the definition, dictionary type. An accredited diplomat sent by another country as its official representative uh, to a foreign place or a person sent as the chief representative from his or her own place to another place or country. This is a person that's the official representative, the messenger. In a book that I love, it's called The Instruments in a Redeemer's Hand by Paul David Tripp. He talks about what Jesus calls you and me into. You are called to be an ambassador for the king. You are the very representative of the place or the kingdom to those that are inside or outside of the land. And the key, he says, is that you're it all the time. You are the ambassador all the time. You and I choose 
at any given moment, is it my kingdom or is it Jesus' kingdom? Who's the king? Let me just give you a scenario that may happen to you tomorrow morning. So I want you to imagine you wake up and it's been a good day here at church and you're feeling pretty peaceful. But then you get a moment and I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to start my day. I'm going to pray. And then God, as you finish coming out of prayer and you're like, I just want this peace to last me all day. So I am just asking for, you know, in small segments, just get me to my class, get me to my office, get me to my school, and then I'll have a cup of tea in perfect peace. So here's how the day goes. You get up, you're getting dressed, you get going, you call an Uber because you need to get to the train station and you can't walk there. So you call an Uber, but he's one of those Uber's drivers that talks nonstop, wants to, not picking up on any cue, that your head is down, nope, sunglasses are on, it's raining outside. Your sunglasses are on, and uh, you were hoping for this piece, but he wants to talk about the Canucks game last night. Might, they might have lost, so it might be too soon to talk about that. And then it might be that they want to talk about how the housing prices in Vancouver and not picking up. But you're like, okay, I can shake this off. It's okay. So, but he has to drop you off at the 7-Eleven because you need to get a new pass um, for the train. So you go in and you go to pick up uh, a new pass, buy a pass. And the person at the counter ignores you. Hello? Hello? And you look at your watch and you're like, um, I... And they basically grunt at you. Mm. And they point. Mm. And then you tap, and you're gone. You get to the SkyTrain, and it's like, cool. You get in, and you get a seat. Hey, winning. And then and you sit down, and it's awesome. And you get to the very next stop, and the seat beside you is open. So somebody comes and sits down but they're soaking wet and their bag goes on to you and their rain stuff is on your clothes and you're just like, are you kidding me right now? Okay. But then you get up and you're getting out, you get out at your stop and you feel your first set of drops fall and you reach for your umbrella Oh, no, like I did this morning, and I left it sitting right at the door. So you're about to get real wet. So where did my peace go? All I wanted was to get from home to work and have a great cup of tea. When you're thinking about that world, is that how your pleasant morning was supposed to go? Is that your kingdom? Or was it God's kingdom who put into your path those that needed the very presence of Jesus to intersect their lives? You got to choose. 
in this book, he talks about three things, three questions to ask yourself as an ambassador. What's the message of the king? What are the methods of the king and master? And what is the character or the motives of the king? What's the message? What's the method? And what's the motives? In verse 1, I started off reading there, and it says, Masters, treat your bond service justly and fairly. That's the first part. The key part to this whole ambassadorship is this second part. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So we are really clear. It kind of lays it, Paul lays it all out for me, where he says, I have a master. I have a king. I know he's, he sent me. And I know where from. It's heaven. And so I have been sent to represent. And then he tells you, go back to the first part, and he tells you how. Represent your workers and your bond servants justly and fairly. I'm going to jump a little bit around in those verses, so I encourage you to keep any uh, verse chapter 4 kind of open so that you can go kind of up and down. But I also would encourage you to underline some key thoughts about what the king is, who the king is, and what his kingdom is like so you know what he's looking for in his representative. He wants, treat your bondservants, your workers, those that look to you justly and fairly. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Watchful in prayer. Thankful in prayer. In verse 4, make it clear which is how you ought to speak. Don't try to confuse people. Verse 5, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time, and you ought to have an answer. So the message There is a word to be declared, as he says in verse 3. That's the message of the master. I have a gospel, a good news to share. Then the method, treat people with justice, equality, graciousness, and clarity. And your motive as an ambassador would be the mysteries of Jesus to be known, rightly flavored, so that they could receive it. So check your heart on whether or not you're in the place to be deliver the message in the right method with the right motive. That will tell you who's the king at any given moment, at any time that you have to interact and intersect. When when I am with my team in my office, I often tell them this really easy because I'm not going to be everywhere. I like to tell them that I can see them everywhere, so that's also helpful. But I also let them know 
when Jesus, who we really work for, has given you and appointed you to be here at my at your work, during your class, whatever, if he walks by, by your desk, by the lab, by the play area, maybe the lunchroom, maybe he's just walking by seeing your computer or your phone screen, does he say, oh yes, put my name on that. Put my name on that spreadsheet. You did that beautifully. Oh, I can't believe you just, you just said that. That sounds just like me. Will Jesus say that when he sees your work? Or does he say, you weren't thinking of putting my name on that, were you? You, you wanted to be my representative and you want to put my name on that? In Matthew 7, 23, he says, he might end up declaring to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I don't ever want to hear Jesus say that of me. Paul had the same theme in many of his letters. And just as he did for Colossus, he has going to have it uh, for the church in Ephesus. And uh, I'm just going to read you uh, Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. But I'm going to read it um, in the um, compilation of the message, just because I I just love um, the way Eugene Peterson put this. Verse 20 to 24. But that's no life for you. You have learned Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, be, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have in Jesus, have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with the old way of life has to go. It's rotten to the core through and through, get rid of it, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. As God fashions a life in you, recognizing you're not the initiator, he is. It's his character in you. Uh, Pastor Craig spoke on uh, Colossians 3.10, and uh, if you haven't listened back to, I think it was the October 1st sermon, I'd encourage you to go online and do it again. Um, there was this one phrase he said that kind of blew my mind a little bit. And he says, uh, Paul was trying to say something like this, that this is to make you look like Jesus, and you look like Jesus if Jesus was you. I don't know if you could follow that, but it was like to be walking around if Jesus was you. 
I was like, okay, that's a whole nother level. Okay, so that's ambassador, being his representative. The next thing is assignment. Uh, Vanessa Van Edwards is an author and a best-selling author at that. She does uh, books called Cues and Captivated. Um, she's a behavioral expert and uh, runs a program on the science of people. She says things like, the shyest of people can excel, assert themselves, be taken seriously, and she can teach you how. If you lead work teams or you're here at the church or you have um, people that you want to rally and move forward with, I can give you her TED Talks and I can give you references to her videos. They're great human tricks and some systems that are good, but I believe they're a bit temporary. I want us to look at verse 12, an Epaphras again, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus. He greets you, all, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear witness, for I bear him witness, that he has worked hard for you. I want to look at this one particular assignment that Paul brings out here. And this is the assignment of prayer. His assignment is to go to the source of all power and prayer about lasting things, not the temporary things. He prays about things that will change how that church in Colossus will work as a church. He prays for heaven to come down to earth, even inquiring of the Lord, struggling with him, so that the will of God, the very presence of God, would be there. He's far away, and he's praying for somebody where the will of God and the presence of God would be there, where they would spiritually grow and they would change the atmosphere. And that would be undeniable and a lasting thing. 90,000 hours in your lifetime. And Dillard famously said, how you spend out your days is, of course, how you spend out your lives. For many of us, a large portion of our days is spent doing work. Approximately one-third of our lifetime will be producing or serving something or somebody else. What would it look like to take a portion of those 90,000 working hours and commit them to hard-working prayer? In Colossians 4 alone, they tell you how you could do it. He says, pray consistently. Pray watchfully, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Pray grateful. Pray for the ministers who pray for other 
Pray for ministers who minister to God's people. Pray for fellow believers. Pray for preachers. Pray for the good news to go out. Pray for the good news to go out to be clear. Pray for the good news of Jesus to open doors. Pray for the mysteries of God to be revealed. Pray, wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but against the the darkness and the dark spiritual things of the heavenly realms. Pray on behalf of others. Pray for spiritual growth, character transformation, Christ's will to be done in somebody else's life. Pray even when it's hard work. That ought to keep us busy for quite some time. Like that was the list and that was just like in like four, five, six verses. A portion of 90,000 hours. I think Paul was trying to say, as he says it in verse five there, make the best use of your time. We have a different metric for how we measure how well we're doing. A lot of times we have different things, how many likes, how many accolades, how well, how much uh, cachet we get, uh, do we get a promotion, do we get more money, do we get the scholarship, are our kids just brilliant and so we can boast about being, having fabulous children. That's our metric. He's talking about different metrics that you can have for spending your time and making the best use of the time. In verse four, five and six, there's awareness to be strict and disciplined, be a person of integrity. That's the whole wisdom part. That's how you go to the outsider, those that aren't outside of the faith. That's how you go. And he does say go. He wants you to walk. Walk towards people. Don't keep to yourself. Walk towards. Yay doing. Redeem it and make it worthwhile encounters every time. Okay, final thought on assignment. All of us have assignments. Paul concludes pointing out some of the people that they may have known and some that they might not have, that he is going to send to them, some of the workers. And uh, he's going to send them to be a source of encouragement to talk about what they were doing collectively. Representing the king and the kingdom, the work is not to be done alone. Verse 7 to 17, God, uh, Paul is pointing out that he's not the only laborer for Jesus. Paul says, oh, I had them in, with me in prison. I have uh, these guys praying with me and for me. I had people writing and proclaiming Jesus. I have people willing to go to the new place to declare, and I also have people coming back to you to build you up. 
Different assignments from different people make Paul's ministry as famous as it is. When you take up your assignment, just remember you're doing it in community. You're not alone. So I'm back to the beginning. Do you got next? Are you ready to take the floor to be the ambassador for the king? Maybe today you're considering, um, what do I know about the king or his kingdom? Should I be learning? I say yes. Inquire. Struggle. But maybe it's time to take up that assignment to be the ambassador where you have been planted. You don't have to look too far. Is it the work that you need to do in your home? Is it the work you need to be doing in your school? The work at the plant, at the the hospital? Is it the work in your office? Maybe it's just the work of being a neighbor. Be the ambassador. Be the the designated chief representative of Jesus today. Let me just pray for us. Living God, thank you. I just thank you because the fact that you would be even mindful of us that you invite us into this opportunity to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is amazing. In my heart, oh God, I just, I wanna, I wanna be like you. I want people to see you rather than me. Help me to choose you every day. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you who are 